It's it's on. Well, I've got a uh, tale of woe today. Good evening. It's uh, Tony Motoroy on XJTalk.com, and this is the show about Jeep Cherokees, although tonight it's going to be about Mustangs. Mustangs from hell. Jeep Cherokee, XJTalk.com show. Yep, had to uh, work on the Mustang today. Wasn't a good experience. Um... Like, I don't like working on vehicles to start with. It's uh, dirty, it's sweaty, and it's hot. You know, it's June. It's, if it's not summer, it should be. Like 94 degrees today. God, it was hot. Anyway, I'll uh, be complaining and whining about uh, the Mustang here in just a minute. xjtalk.com xjtalk.com it's where you go when you're not off-road well guys as you heard me uh saying in the intro i um had a little mustang problem today i was uh quite happily sitting in the air conditioning at work when i got a uh a semi-panicked phone call from my wife she said she was going down uh, interstate 10 going to her parents house uh, and luckily our two girls were with her I say luckily because anytime, um, you know, anytime you want your wife to break down, you want um, your kids to be with her. But anyway, she had some company. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a serious deal as far as like a, a wreck or something. She was just uh, driving down, and she's been hearing this noise, uh, kind of a rattling noise and a loss of power. But she could never get it to duplicate while um, while I was. Um, around or while I was driving it or whatever it would it would not act up so um I had no idea that she was going over to her parents house today so I was a little surprised to hear she was on I-10 
And uh, basically, same thing. It it started uh, uh, making a rattling noise, uh, loss of power, and uh, she um, she tried to exit the freeway and uh, wasn't quite able to get off the off the freeway. So she was on the feeder. And in Houston, we have a, a safe clear program. So basically, that means that uh, if you break down, a safe clear uh, tow truck will be around to um, tow you. Uh, off the freeway and to a uh, you know to a gas station basically uh, get the um, get the vehicle off the side of the freeway so people don't gawk at it and slow the traffic down it's a pretty good idea overall but uh, unfortunately um, there's a very narrow range of things that you can be towed for free otherwise you have to pay like a hundred and forty dollars for a tow of about two two football field lengths. So um, I quickly contacted a, uh, a local um, garage slash wrecker service and uh, asked them if they did just wrecker service because I, I wasn't interested in, in uh, floating um, five loans to uh, pay for... Um, <laughs> Dalton just joined in the chat room. I was just reading what he was saying. Um, yeah, no problem, Dalton. If you, uh, he says, hey, I'm here. I don't know how long, though. Yeah, no problem, Dalton. Uh, if uh, if you can stick around, great. If not, uh, no problem. I'm, I'm just going to be whining uh, tonight, mainly. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, I was able to uh, contact this this local record company, and it was like 95 bucks for them to drive out to uh, where she had broken down and uh, tow the Mustang back to the house. And I um, found out from the last time we had an issue with the Mustang where it had to be towed that uh, our insurance comp- company will cover. We have uh, towing on on, uh, on our coverage. So um, it'll cover up to like $120 for, for the tow. So it's not going to really be an out-of-pocket expense. So anyway, they're on the side of the, the freeway, and I'm concerned even though I'm about an hour away from, um, from home and, and about that from where they were. Uh, I thought I better, <clears throat> my wife sounded a little panicked and my, my girls were with her and I was a little concerned about them getting home and stuff. Okay. So, um, the work is pretty good about, uh, if you have something that comes up, um, you, uh, you just let them know that there's an issue and you need to take care of it. Uh, I'm, I'm a contractor at, a, at the company, so I don't want to, to do the same as what the, uh, employees do. Um, <laughs> irregardless of of how you're treated and what you see you know if you're a contractor you're not uh the same as an employee although they're very good to us there and uh, treat us uh, just just the same way as they do the the actual employees so i spoke with uh, somebody and uh they they felt that it was reasonable and uh so i took off and and hit it home um i managed to get home about the same time they got towed uh to the house so everything was good, and uh, um, I decided that I would go ahead and go ahead and and, and take um, a quick look at the uh, Mustang to see if I could figure out the issue. So, uh, you know, when it when it died on her, she tried starting it, of course, and it wouldn't start. It would act like it wanted to start and it wouldn't start, and it would, would shake pretty bad. So, very confusing. I, my immediate thought was on my way home anyway. That I was thinking fuel filter. You know, there's. It's got a clogged fuel filter. It's a 96 Mustang, and, and it probably has never had the fuel filter changed. So I thought about going by uh, the auto parts. So I actually called the auto parts and found out uh, fuel filters are very, very cheap, and, and 
not uh, <laughs> and I actually checked uh, double checked to make sure they weren't located inside the fuel tank like they are on the the 97 plus Jeep Cherokees thankfully no they're they're just out right there where you can get to them and uh, so I was driving home and I thought well you know I can go by there and get that but that might not be the problem it might be a better idea if I uh, stick the scanner because it, it really acted like from what she was telling me it acted like a sensor was uh, acting up like it maybe had a sensor going bad or you know there was some some problem with a sensor where it wasn't reading correctly and it was acting up and causing the the computer not to know what to do like maybe something similar to the uh, crank position sensor or something you know i don't know ford related type stuff so i thought you know i'll go home and put the obd2 uh, scanner on it and uh, just see what it says well i was able to start it. it started and it ran fine uh, it did seem to have a little bit of a miss to it, but very a very mild miss. So uh, I hooked up the, the OBD2. Uh, I've got a little Bluetooth box that hooks into the OBD2 uh, port. And then uh, I have a laptop with some software on it and a Bluetooth so that I can communicate with the scanner. So I fired up the software on the laptop and uh, connected to the Bluetooth unit and uh, read the data. And it had the same error code that it's had for years now, which has to do with the uh, EVAP uh, charcoal canister uh, being clogged or the purge um, valve uh, having a problem or the um, uh, uh, purge flow sensor having a problem. And I had read in the past that the, the EVAP canister is actually um, inside the, fi- the wheel well behind the fender in other words, where you can't get to it easily, on the passenger side of the vehicle, front fender. So I wasn't looking forward to trying to pull that thing out of there. And it hadn't been a problem before other than just showing a check engine light, which each year when it came time to uh, get the uh, get it inspected, I would just clear the codes and drive about uh, five miles to um, the uh, place where I would get it inspected. And uh, the check engine light would always stay off long enough for it to get inspected and... Uh, I drive it back home, and then you know, sometimes on the way back home, the check engine light would come back on. Sometimes it was a couple of days later, so it's been working out fine. My wife didn't like the uh, the check engine light, but she wasn't the one that was going to pull the fender off to uh, get to all this stuff. Well, when I looked at the code, I thought, okay, fine, I'll uh, uh, I'll see what I can do as far as uh, getting the um, getting the part that I need to fix this. I mean, it's the only code that's showing. It's the same code that's been showing. Maybe whatever the problem was, the moderate problem it had to show the, the check engine light, maybe it had gotten severe enough. And, and again, it just really felt like a sensor problem. So I called O'Reilly's, and they said, uh, you know, they wouldn't say, that's a dealer item. They wouldn't say, out of the three pieces to that puzzle, the, I got a P1430, uh, 14, yeah, 1433, I think it was. And there's three pieces that can be bad, uh, actually four, but but three actual parts that can be bad that's associated with that code. So I I asked him about the EVAP canister. Yeah, we got one, or we can get one, 120 bucks. Uh, Okay, fine. How about the purge, uh, the purge valve? Yeah, we got, we can get one of those. And I think it was like 70 bucks or something. And I said, how about the purge flow sensor? Uh... No, it doesn't have one. 
<laughs> I said, yeah, it does. I'm looking at this Mustang forum, and they're talking about the, the, the purge flow. Is that right? Purge flow sensor. No, not on a 96 Mustang. I've had issues with O'Reilly's before where they swear up and down that the 96 doesn't have this, that, or the other. And, and you know, it's like it's, it's something like, no, it only has two wheels. So I've learned to not trust, uh, trust exactly what, what I hear from the, the parts people. So I said, okay, fine, thanks, and I'll, I'll let you know. So I called Advanced Auto. And by this time, I've actually found a Ford part number for the sensor, for the purge flow sensor. And even though I can't get, um, <laughs> even though I can't, uh, um, I can't get the, um, the purge flow sensor, when I give them that, uh, I mean, even though that they don't find it either, they don't find the purge flow sensor as well. And so I say, okay, here, fine. Here's a Ford part number. Can you look up the Ford part number? Yeah, sure. So he looks it up and then he tells me, um, yeah, that's the, the part number for the purge, uh, valve and the EVAP canister. And I said, huh? I gave you one part number. Yeah. It's these two things. (laughs) I said, wait a minute. How can I, is it some sort of assembly or a kit or something? Because I gave you one part number and you're, you're telling me it's two parts. Yeah. (laughs) No, I don't understand that. I mean, I've never worked as a, a parts counter person or a mechanic or whatever, but in all my years experience, when I, if it's a part number, it's a single piece unless it's some sort of kit. And I, and I don't think it's a kit. It's a, it's a sensor. No, I'm not showing a sensor. Okay. Screw it. (laughs) I'm calling forward. Because at least in the post that I read, they said uh, the part, the sensor from, from the Ford dealership was like uh, 30 bucks. So, and this was from a few, few years ago, so it couldn't be that much more expensive than what it was, you know, from 2008 or whenever it was. So I looked up and I found a local uh, Ford dealership about uh, three miles down the road off of I-10. And uh, I called up the parts department and they look it up and they said, yeah, we got it. And... Uh, uh, I didn't even give them the part number. I just told them 96 Ford Mustang, uh, V6, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he looked it up, and uh, he had it, $40 and some odd cents. More than more than what I really wanted to spend, but, you know, okay, as far as sensors go, that's not so bad. So I drove over there and uh, and picked it up. Got back home, and... Um, Oh, and actually, while I was there, I said, yeah, I heard that this thing is actually uh, behind the fender on the passenger side, front fender. He goes, yeah. And I said, you wouldn't happen to have a picture or something? He goes, yeah, yeah, I do. I'll I'll, uh, I'll pull that up. And I expected him to pull it up on the screen, and I'd crane my neck around. You know, you've been at the parts places where they do this. And then you get to see, um, most of the time, not a great picture, but... Uh, He's, uh, he pulls it up and then he walks over to the printer because he printed it for me and he brings it back over and, and hands it to me. And I saw, oh, that's great. It's printed. I can take this with me. I can look at it, uh, as I need it. And, and, uh, he, he even pointed out on the, on the, the diagram where it was the, the, the part that I was buying. And I said, I was looking at it and I said, well, that's not behind the fender. And he goes, he looks at it and, and he, he kind of, Hmm. I said, well, that's the firewall. That's right there next to the firewall, right behind the uh, the engine. And not even really behind the engine, you know, up on the firewall. 
He goes, yeah, you're right. And I thought, and actually I said, you know, well, that I'm, I'm doomed <laughs> because I think I've seen that part and it's very easy to get to. So that means that this, you know, according to Murphy's law, this will not be the piece that fixes it. And he laughed and I gave him my $40 and uh, got back in the Jeep and drove home. So, um, unfortunately the, the vehicle was starting. Uh, and when I got home, I tried starting it and it started right up, like I said earlier, and it just had a, a slight miss to it. So, um, I, uh, I put the new part in, I cleared the code, the check engine light. And, um, I thought, well, you know, I don't want to drive it around cause I don't want it to die on me. Uh, and, uh, where I'll be stranded and have to try to, you know, get home some way. So I'll just let it sit here and idle. And of course, that's not the best way to check the the error that I was getting before to see if this fixed it. So I used the, the time while it was sitting there idling. I actually put in the, on the, uh, the scanner, the OBT2 scanner, to monitor RPM, uh, uh, coolant temperature, uh, about, about seven or eight things. I just had it, you know, updating on the screen. And I would go over there and check it see what you know see if the rpm was changing or see if the check engine light would come back on blah 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 and while i was doing that the um i had uh, my uh, iac um part had come in so i thought well i'll i'll put this on the on the jeep while uh, while i'm waiting for the mustang to you know be fixed or act up so uh i went and did that and you know it was just side by side there in the garage and uh, after about um, 30, 40 minutes, I guess, of it just sitting there idling, and I kept checking the temp because I was a little concerned that uh, because the fan, the electric, the electric fan was not, uh, was not turning on the, uh, the thing that right, right, right there by the, uh, by the radiator. And I thought it was really strange. Uh, and then I thought, well, you know, looking at the temperature from the scanner, it's only 176 degrees, so that seems kind of low. Maybe it doesn't come on until it gets up, you know, to a higher temp. So I let it go and let it go and let it go, and uh, I kept checking the um, the temp gauge on the dash, and it's fine. It's you know, it's not like uh, it it has moved. It's it's just it's in the middle. It's a gauge, so and it's a, a factory gauge, but you know, it's always been fine. So I'm over there working on the Jeep. I'm actually buttoning everything back up and uh, put, popping the cables back on the um, uh, the inputs and stuff to the uh, throttle body. And uh, I start hearing a, a kind of a, a weird sound coming from the Mustang. And uh, it's kind of a rattling noise. And it, it, it kind of stumbles a little bit. It's not idling cleanly. So uh, I go, hmm, that's kind of, uh, that's, that sounds like the noise that my wife described, although uh, hers, the, her description was more violent and louder. So I got in the, got in the Mustang and uh, revved the engine, and it was sluggish, and it, was, it would make a rattling noise uh, when you tried to accelerate. And, and, and I, I recognized the noise. It's the noise that you hear whenever your engine gets too hot. I believe it's called detonation. Whenever the air-fuel mixture is uh, 
is getting so hot or it's getting so hot inside the the combustion chamber that uh, that heat is causing the air fuel mixture to start igniting before the spark plug ignites it or just before it igni- you know fully ignites in other words it's kind of like a timing issue my understanding is it's kind of like a timing issue and and much like what a diesel does you know you don't need a spark plug really to <laughs> to make it work but of course all the sensors and all the programming and stuff aren't aren't geared towards uh, the detonation so anyway uh and i can smell the heat coming off the engine you know whenever an engine gets hot you can smell it so the noise the sluggish uh, throttle uh, the smell all indicated to me that there's an issue with it not uh not cooling properly and and the fan the electric fan still is not running I went and the gauge shows that it's it's not hot, but it does show a temperature. It's not like it's zero or you know all the way over to the cool. It's it's in the middle, like where it should be. Actually, I did notice it kind of looked like it had cooled off a little bit, which was a little disturbing. So uh, I went and looked at the scanner, and it showed 176 degrees, and there's just no way in hell you don't get a smell like that with 176 degrees. And I figured that it was normal operating temperature is going to be closer to 200 uh, 200 degrees Fahrenheit so uh, I turned it off and uh, I, I got to thinking well you know could it be could it be a blown head and um, after a little while I took the the radiator cap off and I had no problem <laughs> there was no no spewing or anything I, I tried squeezing the top hose and it uh, it was it was like empty and um, I thought, well, this is really strange. I have this really, uh, really dark brown uh, color inside the um, the uh, the coolant, and I had flushed a lot of it out. And I just figured it was some really old um, factory coolant, or somebody put some stuff in there, or it was rust coming from the coil in the lower spring, or I don't know where. But I had flushed a lot of that out. And thought, well, you know, what would happen if the throttle, I mean, sorry, if the uh, thermostat wasn't opening? It could be that the thermostat is is uh, is closed, shut, and it's not letting the water circulate. And that might be affecting the, the sensor, the temp sensor. It might be causing the, the engine to overheat. So I uh, cleaned up a little bit and jumped in the Jeep and went down to uh, Advanced Auto and got a uh, 195 degree thermostat, which is uh, apparently the the factory uh, the factory temp uh, is 195 for the thermostat. I got a temperature sensor, which was like uh, it's actually a sensor switch, and it's like it was like 10 bucks. So when I found out the price, I said, "Yeah, give me one of those too." And I went ahead and got an air filter uh, while I was there. And uh, paid for it, got back in the Jeep. And uh, actually, I I complained a little bit while I was there. I was talking to a girl that seemed to be, uh, if not knowledgeable in vehicles, she was knowledgeable on the computer as far as finding stuff. Very quick, very uh, accurate as far as looking it up. And I thought, well, I'll just find out if she can find the the, uh, flow sensor. And she couldn't. 
But, you know, she listened to me complain a little bit and she apologized. And then she said, hang on. And she ran over to another register and got me a, uh, a $5 off card, some little credit card looking thing and gave me $5 off my purchase because of the trouble I had. And I said, Hey, I wasn't complaining to try to get money off. She goes, no, no, no problem. And I thought that was very nice. So, um, if you want to get a little, little money off your, uh, your purchase at advanced auto complain a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> so I got back home and, uh, Pulled the thermostat housing off and uh, got to the thermostat and oh my god, it looked like it had been in a rust storm. It was just covered in this brown, rusty-looking stuff, and um, it was so strange. The inside of the intake uh, was at least I guess that's the intake. I, I need to learn a little bit more about the. Um, I need a little bit more about the. Um, how the the Mustang engine is laid out, but that it, it looks like the the thermostat and the thermostat housing actually attaches to the front of the intake. But the thing that surprised me was is that a lot of that brown stuff was coating the inside of the intake, and it was dry. It looked like it was dry as a bone in there, and um, that was kind of concerning to me in in a way i was thinking well maybe this has something to do with the thermostat being stuck and the water isn't flowing through there now i've never really seen an intake that that water flows through but you know i've never seen the inside of a a ford um what is this it's a v6 i don't even know what size it is so i thought you know okay whatever i'll put the thermostat in it and uh uh, we'll see if it works. So, well, the first thing I did was I took the water hose, and this is after it had cooled off for maybe an hour. I took the water hose and stuck it in the radiator and started, you know, pumping water in there, and it starts coming out through the intake. And I go, okay, well, there's a, there's a path. So that little hole where the thermostat goes and the thermostat housing, the water was coming out of there. So I went ahead and flushed it for a little bit to get that brown crap out of there. And it, the, the best I can describe it is, is rust. It, it actually, um, it's kind of a powdery thing, and uh, it will float on top of the water. So, anyway, I got the, uh, got the thermostat uh, on the thermostat housing. I put the thermostat housing on there and bolted it up and put the top hose back on and uh, put some water, more water in the radiator, and uh, cranked up the, uh, the engine. And I'd say that the, the mist was a little more pronounced than what it had been before and uh, oh and that's right I, I did change the temp sensor uh, while I was there I figured you know what the hell um, either if the other one is is bad uh, we're not reading correctly you know nine bucks ten bucks I'll, I'll throw the new one on there so I cranked it up it was missing not not horribly but it was missing and um, I went over and got the uh, OBT2 scanner uh, software running again on the laptop. And now the coolant temperature was reading 330 degrees. And I thought, well, that can't be right. The engine's not hot. And I, I just started it. I wonder if that sensor is, is the right sensor. And then I thought, well, if it's reading 330 degrees, that certainly ought to be enough to turn the, the electric fan on. <laughs> so so I thought, well, I'll go see if the, the fan's running. And sure enough, the fan was going. So it wasn't the electric fan. So, uh, but I, I, I need to back up a second. Whenever uh, I went to start the engine, I had, of course, I had the hood open to the Mustang. 
and the the uh, opening to the uh, radiator is on the driver's side and uh, I filled it up with water so I started up and water launches out of the the radiator a good foot a nice little stream of water and my initial thought was hey that's good because I was a little concerned about the water pump thought maybe the, you know maybe the water pump fins are gone or it's bad or you know I don't know it's just it's just strange and then I thought you know there's no way that the water should have shot out of there like that and then I went back to my uh, blown head concerns so um, I thought I, I stood there and, and it was running and I thought about it a second and uh, I thought well what would happen if I, if I give it a little gas and you know I, I revved it and water would come out so I walked over there and um, like I said got the the OBD2 scanner software running again and saw the temperature and the electric fan was running and I stood there and and you could see a bubble coming out of the uh, out of the, the radiator out of the opening of the radiator and I thought well uh, and I waited a while you know because any any time the system has been I dropped the bottom hose and and you know uh, dumped the water out of the engine and the radiator but so you know it's always possible that the water is circulating and bubbles are going to come out but I was still concerned about seeing that water shoot up like that and um, so I thought, well, I wonder if there's any any liquid coming out of the tailpipe. And when I walked back there, I could uh, I could hear the the sputtering noise, and I could actually see it sputtering water. And I thought, well, you know, sometimes they do that because of the catalytic converter and condensation and so on and so forth. So I put my hand down where the water was, and put it up to my, my face to see if I could smell and I had put a lot of water through there so there really wasn't any uh, antifreeze and it was clear water it wasn't that rust colored stuff that I had been seeing in the radiator and uh, I, I thought well this doesn't really is not sitting well with me this is really kind of disturbing and um, but I'm, I'm not convinced it's a, a you know a problem with the uh, the head gasket or cracked head or crack block so I, I wanted to get down closer to the the exhaust and and smell and see if I could I certainly didn't want it to be fuel that would really be bad and but I but I wanted to know before things got uh, worse so I, I got down to where I could smell the, the the exhaust and hear the noise a little bit better and then I noticed that the stream of water that I was seeing coming out from underneath the car wasn't from where, where I had been filling up the radiator, it was coming out of a hole in the uh, muffler. There was a little hole towards the bottom of the muffler, and water was squirting out of there. Not constant stream, but, you know, more than anything should be. So that's when I realized water is getting into one of the, the cylinders, and it's being sent down the exhaust pipe, and that's why one of the uh, why it's missing a little bit, and that's why it gets hot, because the water is being forced down through the exhaust and out the back, and eventually, the there's no water in the cooling system. The engine gets hot, and it comes to a stop because it gets hot.
And uh, I would assume that because the temperature sensor is kind of high up in that whole um, cooling system architecture, it, it's higher than the rest of it, that I would imagine when the water level drops down sufficiently, all it's doing is measuring air temperature. Now, I still don't know why it was uh, why it was showing 300 and something degrees. It could be that uh, the um, it could be that we had had a head leak, uh, a head gasket leak for some time, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And now it's just got to the point where exhaust gases are getting in there, and that's what's heating up that sensor. And it could have even caused the other sensor to go bad. I don't know. But the uh, the thing that's interesting about it is is that there the oil looks perfectly fine. It's full. It's not milky. Uh, it's not light brown. It's uh, kind of a dark black, like what you'd expect from uh, from oil that's been in the engine for a while. So, um, I don't think there's any other any other conclusion uh, when you see water coming out the exhaust um, at a at a, a pretty good clip that. Uh, Water is getting into the uh, the cylinder, and during combustion, it's being ejected out through the exhaust system. Uh, I don't hear any noise on the engine other than the the miss, uh, so I don't think that it, it it certainly isn't hydrolocked, and I don't think that anything has been bent. But I don't see I don't see a rosy future for this Mustang. Um, it's going to be I think I'm still researching it, but I believe it'd be rather expensive to. Uh, or uh, even me to fix because I would have to take the the head off. Have to locate which head it is. Take the head off. See if it's a a gasket, and then check the head to see if it's warped. And more than likely, have to take it down to a machine shop and and have it uh, have it milled. And I don't even know if you can just do one head. It it may be that both heads have to be done. You know, the it was a good running engine, and and actually it still runs fine. Um, as as far as I know. Uh, with it being overheated like that um, multiple times over the last couple of weeks, it, it may have caused more problems than what I think. But I, I don't think it's a. I don't think the engine has a major issue. It's not like I want to go through and rebuild it or anything. I think I would. Uh, I'd rather put a V8 in there if I was going to change it out. Uh, seeing that uh, Dalton has uh, has headed off, he had to go and uh, hit the bed. So. No problem there, Dalton, when you listen to this later. Uh, no problem. Thanks for, for dropping in for the few minutes that you were here. And uh, Rini Argonard from xjtalk.com has joined us. And he says, uh, just me and you, Tony. And yeah, Rini, uh, just me and you. It was uh, Dalton here uh, a few minutes. Uh, I don't know if he was on at the same time you were or, or if uh, he had dropped off before you joined. Yeah, I figure that, um, I figure that everybody thinks it's Tuesday, you know, because... Monday was a holiday, and uh, because of my dedication to the xjtalk.com show, I'm here, even after all this dismal news today. So anyway, back to the uh, the whining and moaning about the Mustang. So I got to thinking about it, and you know, there's just too many unknowns on the Mustang. Um, I could... Um, I could pull the, the head off, and, and hopefully it's a a blown head gasket and, and not a cracked head. And, you know, hopefully it's a, uh, if it is a crack, if it's, if it is a cracked head, then, then I could get a replacement. Um, 
have to do a valve job and so on and so forth on it. I'd have to have to research that and see if if it actually would have to be a valve job done by um, a shop and how much that would cost. And then the other thing I thought, the worst case, would be uh, the block. The block is cracked. Um, I think with the uh, after after having these negative thoughts and uh, going on and doing a little research, it seems that the head gasket blowing is a is a more plausible thing, but you really don't know until you uh, pull the head off. So I got to thinking about it, and I just um, I just don't feel comfortable um, putting all my eggs in one basket. So I called up my wife and, and told her the bad news and, and told her, you know, she, you can't drive the Mustang. It's, it's not going to get you down the road, or if it does, you don't know if it's going to get you back or how far down the road it's going to get you. And any damage that has occurred will just be um, multiplied as it's run hot and, you know, gets to a point where it can't keep going and, and dies. So um, I told her, I said, uh, I was looking at Craigslist, and I see that they have um, 96, 98, 2,000 uh, Mustangs. And um, uh, it's nothing that we can afford, but obviously whenever you're faced with something like this, you, you have to figure out a way to do things uh, or do without. And uh, doing without is, is not a really a good option because that would put us down to one vehicle. And um, I'm an hour away uh, from home. And, um, the girls, uh, our girls have have these things they go and do, and I'm not quite sure our oldest daughter is going to be involved in some, um, a career development thing. And, and I don't know exactly when that starts. I'll, I'll know better when my wife gets back home as far as how this is going to uh, impact her. But anyway, I got on Craigslist and, and checked and saw that there was Mustangs and, uh, I would prefer not to have another Mustang because, I don't know um, how they are put together that well. Although with this Mustang recently, I've been learning a lot more. And uh, then I went and looked at uh, the Jeep Cherokees to see if I could find any any Cherokees. I, I was actually, uh, and I didn't want to tell my daughters about this because I didn't want to get them overly excited. Uh, what I was thinking about doing was getting a, a Jeep Cherokee for them to share and uh, to drive. And then I thought, well, you know, uh, maybe I can go ahead and do that, and it will be for my wife to drive. So I, uh, I called her, told her the bad news, and said, um, you know, they, uh, I see that there's Mustangs available out there, and uh, there's also uh, Cherokees. And uh, I would much rather have a Cherokee because I already know a lot about how they're put together, and I have a lot of parts for for a Cherokee. And um, I said, uh, she kind of goes, oh. And I said, well, would you mind driving a Cherokee instead of a Mustang? And she chuckles and she says, no. <laughs> like, that would be fine with me. <laughs> so I said, uh, okay. And then uh, I sent her a, a text message with a link to one that I found on Craigslist. Uh, it's actually at a, a, at a dealer, a used car dealer. And... Um, uh, sent her a link to that one, and, and she looked at the pictures, and she says, gosh, that looks a lot like uh, the one we have. It was a 99 uh, Sport uh, with, um, it's a four-wheel drive, 
And uh, I think that would mean that it, it at least has a, a high pinion Dana 30. And when I spoke with a guy at the used car place, he um, he didn't know if it was a if it had any anti lock brakes or if it was a Dana 35 or a Chrysler 8.25. So I'm going to head over there and have a look tomorrow afternoon. He said, um, he said the interior is a little rough, uh, or, or, or I should say uh, more accurately, he said that it, it needed uh, some cleaning up. And the first thing that struck my mind was flood damage because um, that's what's going uh, to show the flood damage the most is uh, the carpet and the interior. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, hey, I've, I've got a 98 Cherokee. <clears throat> I've had it for 12, 13 years. I've done a lot of work on it. I know a lot about it. It'll just save me and you a lot of time if you just tell me, is there anything wrong with this thing? And he says, well, no, not that I know of. And I said, well, you, you mentioned it was kind of rough, rough interior. He goes, yeah, it just needs to be cleaned up. And I said, well, the first thing that came to my mind was flood damage. You know, has it been in a flood? Has it been flooded? He says, well, I don't know. He goes, uh, I can pull a Carfax on it if you like. And I said, well, uh, that'd be great if you wanted to do that because that's what I'm going to do before I buy anything. And he says, hey, no problem. So uh, I told him uh, we talked a little bit longer, and I said, well, you know what? I'll. Uh, he's up uh, north Houston, like not quite to the Beltway. And uh, so he's not that far from uh, from the office so i figure when i get off work tomorrow i'll uh, i'll go over there and uh, have a look at it and uh, see if i can test drive it so if uh, if all goes well and uh, i don't uh, hear or see or smell anything um on that uh on that cherokee that i don't like then uh, we might uh we might be a two Cherokee family. And uh, I haven't mentioned to the wife yet, but, uh, you know, I've got all the parts needed to do another four and a half inch lift on a Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> I was going to surprise the, uh, I was going to surprise my girls by uh, saying, hey, uh, you know, hey, got this, uh, this Jeep Cherokee for you guys to drive and then um, put it in the lift on it. And, you know, of course, I wouldn't have the, the tires of the wheels or, or anything like that, but at least it would be, you know, lifted up higher than, uh, than not. And that gives me a, a great opportunity that if I want to, uh, get different wheels, uh, for my Jeep, then I can just take the ones that I have and move them over to that Jeep. So, um, I don't know. We'll see how it works out, but, uh, I'm gonna go by and have a look at that one. And, uh, I think that uh, if, if that works out, then what I'll do is I'll leave the Mustang in the garage and pull that head off and see if I can't, uh, can't fix that problem. Uh, at least at that point, um, my wife will have a, a vehicle to drive, and uh, I'll have a vehicle to drive, and the Mustang can sit until I have time to work on it. And uh, hopefully it will just be a, a blown head gasket. Uh, I'll put a straight edge on the head. It will uh, be nice and straight, but it, with it being overheated like that, I kind of doubt it. And uh, but but hopefully, and uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll put another gasket on there and uh, torque it down and start it up, and it'll it'll drive great. And if if that happens, then 
my wife will have the the Jeep Cherokee to drive, and my girls will have the the Mustang to drive. And if not, then um, you know I'll I'll part out the Mustang or uh, sell the thing as a whole to somebody cheap, and then they can fix it. So anyway, that's my uh, my tale of woe. Uh, today and my uh, my uh, fun with the Mustang. So let's see, VW Fool Y has joined us and uh, um, Hot Hemi. Uh, I always forget about how that's pronounced. I have to look at it and see it backwards. It's uh, I'm E Hoth. Hotho. Hotho. Yeah, I don't like that. You need to change that. But it's uh, Hot Hemi spelled backwards. Welcome, and uh, you. Uh, I guess you just got here for the the last part of my uh, my complaining about the uh, '96 Ford Mustang with the V6 engine that sprays water uh, out of the 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 little hole in the muffler, which is uh, to me not a good sign. But uh, hopefully, I'll uh, I'll be able to buy us a uh, uh, another Jeep Cherokee that uh, we can't afford to uh to buy uh, but you know what are you gonna do I guess it'd be cheaper to buy a motorcycle but uh, even that would be uh more than what we could afford so um anyway uh, I mentioned uh, earlier that uh, during uh, while I was waiting for the uh, the Mustang to act up or run right I uh replaced the uh, IAH um, idle air control motor on the uh, throttle body that uh, came in yesterday. Put that on my Jeep and uh, it does not start up right away. It uh, takes two starts. But uh, I have not reset the computer. Um, I don't know if that will have any effect. But uh, I have not reset the computer and I've only started it like uh, three or four times since I uh, replaced that part. But uh, at, at last count, that means I've changed the air intake uh, sensor. I've changed the uh, map sensor that's on the throttle body. I've changed the uh, TPS sensor twice. The second time, I, it was it wasn't it wasn't an issue with the TPS, although it acted just like the that issue. But it replaced that one twice, and now I've replaced the IAC. Uh, I've also replaced the CPS. But then I had to go back to the original because I found that the replacement was causing me problems with my uh, Firewire 4.0 kit, which was beyond unusual, but it, it definitely was. So I put the original back on, and it's been fine. And I definitely need to replace that, but I'm going to have to go spring for a, um, a factory one, go down to the Chrysler, dealership, Chrysler Jeep dealership and, and get one. They're a little over 100 bucks, I think around 120 or so. And... Uh, um, what else? I've changed the the camshaft sensor in the distributor. Um, I've changed the O2 sensors. Um, one, two, three, four times. Um, three on the front and once on the back. Three times on the front of uh, the upstream sensor and once on the downstream sensor. So I don't think, I think that's all the sensors. I don't think there's any more sensors. I think the only, the only thing 
that's part of that would be the computer, the thing that reads the sensors and reacts to the sensor's data. And I haven't changed that. I don't really have any plans to change that. So, uh, yeah, I definitely need to re reset the computer, and then maybe I can see if that's going to make any difference to the start. Or I doubt that it'll it'll affect the gas mileage at all. But you know, I'm I'm more, I'm, I'm willing to give it a uh, a bit of a um, false hope. the The neat thing is, is if we get this uh, this uh, 1999 Cherokee, I'll be able to put the OBD2 scanner on it and see what the O2 sensor readings are on at highway speeds and. I'll have a fairly close comparison to my 98. Although, you know, I know that the, the intake is a, uh, a more smoother intake and uh, has a little extra power uh, on the 99. I see that uh, VW, Fool y, VW Fool Y says he, is, he has had many stangs. So uh, have you ever had a uh, Mustang that blew a head gasket? And if so, how did it manifest itself? Because I'm getting uh, water coming out of the muffler. A little hole in the bottom of the muffler, it's squirting water out of there. Quite a bit of water, at least enough to, uh, to run the cooling system dry and let the, the, uh, let the engine overheat. He says, oh yes, in capital letters, all capital letters. So I'm assuming that means you have had a, a head uh, problem. Was it a warped head? Was it a cracked head? Was it a cracked block? Was it a blown head gasket uh, in conjunction with a, a warped head? Uh, you know, tell me more. Give me some hope, even if it's false hope. It's a, a 99 um, Jeep Cherokee, and uh, it's got uh, 142,000 miles on it. Um, it, uh, if I remember correctly, the I didn't get a lot of details on it as far as, um, I believe it was a 4.0. I'm not interested in a four-cylinder, so. Okay. Um, VW4Y says, uh, V6 uh, heads do not like to be overheated. They will warp. Um, is it something, is it something that uh, is easily fixed by milling or, um, if I take the, if I put do a compression test to find out uh, what cylinder is the 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 culprit that's you know getting water in it, and what I was thinking about was just taking off that head and just fixing that head, you know, letting it be milled, uh, taking it to get, get milled if necessary, and putting it back on. Is this something that I should go ahead and and um, it, would it just be just plain stupid not to do both of them at the same time? And and if I get the, get it milled, um, is it going to require that I have a valve job done on it? Keep in mind, I'm not I'm not concerned about having this thing. Um, I, I don't want to spend a lot of money on it. I want to try to do as less as least the amount of work possible, or spend the least amount of money possible, and and have it get back to where it's you know a a, a good daily driver. Well, the only problem with the uh, with the 5.0, Hot Hemi says, trash the six and do a 5.0. It's not my vehicle. It's going to be uh, it's my wife's vehicle, and it may be uh, the, the the vehicle that my daughters drive. 
And um, to me, the, the six-cylinder just makes a lot more sense for them than a, a 5.0. And VW Fullwine says, you won't know until you pull them uh, out of uh, three or four V6 uh, head gaskets jobs I've done. Only one uh, heads could be reused. They are known for cracking uh, at the valve seat. Well, I don't know if you heard the, f the first part of this or if it makes any difference, but I, I see no, uh, no water in the oil, and I, I don't think that I'm seeing oil in the, the water. So uh, I was kind of confused, and um, I, didn't, uh, I, was, uh, I was confused until I saw the water coming out of the exhaust. And then I was fairly certain that it was, you know, going to be a, some head-related issue. So um, I'm just reading here. It says uh, the, uh, they are known for cracking at the valve seat. Uh, water is going straight into the combustion chamber. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is that typical of what you're saying as far as cracking of the valve seat? Well, I, I didn't, uh, Hot Hemi says to taste it. I really don't have any, um, I really don't have any uh, coolant um, antifreeze in there. So uh, I don't think it would taste anything but, but like water. Yeah, it is missing. It, it acts like it has one cylinder that is, uh, it's not com completely firing. It's not a, a really bad miss, but it's noticeable. So um so basically what I should the thing that I should consider is not really I mean like you said uh, like you guys are saying won't know until I take it off but but looking at it realistically I'm probably looking at another head and it it probably means that I probably would need two heads because if one head is messed up and warped or cracked with the the overheating that it's been through the other one's probably not that far behind so if I'm going to repair this thing uh, I probably need to consider uh, replacing both heads and VW Fool Fly says a set of remand heads all set to go are $500 and that means um, valve job and springs and everything on there because it seems kind of low for a complete set I mean a, a head that is or heads that are completely set up wow okay that's not so bad then do they make any that are um, not prone to cracking uh, I guess that's a that's just a design issue as far as uh, the uh, the thickness of the head and so on and so forth well you said remand so I guess these were these would be the uh, original just remanufactured. No, it's not worth five hundred dollars. But you have to look at it from the other the other aspect. If you if you own the vehicle and you can put five hundred dollars into it and drive it for another you know four or five years, is it worth that five hundred dollars? Um, you know, if you don't have two thousand or three thousand to spend on a vehicle with a potentially a whole other set of problems, um, you know. 
that's the thing that scares me about going and uh, getting a vehicle that I don't know. The uh, the Cherokee doesn't uh, the Cherokee um, doesn't bother me as bad because I think I know enough about Cherokees that I can figure out if the 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 Cherokee that I buy is good enough shape and if it's not or if something you know because something's going to happen to it they're older vehicles uh and, and then if something does happen to it um i either have spare parts or i know what to expect i know the cost uh so on and so forth the um the xj that i'm looking at is twenty five hundred dollars and it is not green if it was green, I'd still buy it if it turned out to be a good vehicle. But uh, just to keep things stirred up, I like that it's not green. It's uh, the chili chili pepper red. Man, I don't want to give you too much information. You'll be over there buying it tomorrow. Rene Rene <laughs> is asking me uh, how much, and uh, of course I answered. And now he's saying from where? From a used car dealer. Uh, VW Y says all the heads are junk, even other models used in other cars. What do you mean? Uh, all the Fords, the Ford heads. <laughs> Rini was discensored. Bend over motors. The 3.8 V6. Yeah. That's a shame. I mean, you know, it's been a really good vehicle. We got it uh, like seven years ago. It was used. It had, uh, uh, I mean, it was an older vehicle at the time because I, I guess, gosh, I guess it was, my gosh, what did we got it? Like uh, 2002, 2003, 2004, something like that. And, uh, uh, and I haven't done anything to it. I haven't even changed the spark plugs in the silly thing. Um, it's been... It's been doing fine. Now, I did notice recently, uh, over the last maybe year, that it's had an issue with uh, the water. And, uh, you know, thinking back now with, with what I learned today, it's it's had, I'm sure it's had some sort of little head leak this whole time. Because I, I don't know where the water was going. Because it wasn't on the ground. Uh, I thought maybe it was, uh, you know, a bad water pump or something. And... But there was no water underneath the front of the vehicle. There was no water anywhere. You just had to keep putting water in the thing every so often. So um, I think that it's had a, a crack or a blown head gasket, a small uh, problem, for over a year. And it's just gotten worse. Actually, it's probably gotten to the point where it overheated and now it's really bad. So it, it was either a warp or... Um, a uh, blown head gasket that uh, that went went to a warp. Well, wow, wow, that'd be cool if that's all you had to do to get into warp. I see we've had uh, our our friend from Mongolia show up. Uh, Order Dean. Hey, I think I got it. Um, let's see. OVW4Y says. Um, let's think about what I'm doing here. I'm trying to get the the exit music going. It's, uh, he says, uh, if it was losing water for some time before and it started overheating, then it sounds like a crack that led to a blown head gasket. Yeah, it probably was. So hopefully um, I'll have a little, uh, little more to report. I'll take some pictures while I'm over there too because um, I'm, I'm, right now I'm planning on 
going over to the used car dealership uh, after work tomorrow evening and having a look and driving the the uh, the, the Cherokee and if it works out I'll, I'll put some money down on it to, to hold it and uh, hopefully that'll work out where we'll have uh, a 1998 and a 1999 uh, Jeep Cherokee and we uh, oh I'll have to get some XJ talk stickers to go on there too oh I'm see I'm getting excited about this and of course it'll be nice to have something to work on that isn't a Mustang Mustang's a beautiful car and you know it's nice it was it's really smooth and fun to drive but um, I don't like things that I don't know and I don't like learning about new things damn it not when it comes to uh, mechanical stuff anyway guys uh, that's it for tonight thank you for listening to my uh, bitching and moaning about the uh, the Mustang and uh, certainly all the information that uh, you guys have been able to uh, give me on the Mustang it just confirms what uh, what I think the problem is and uh, re- re- revalidates the uh, the direction I need to go which is basically get another vehicle and uh, it, like I said, it'll be fun to have another uh, Cherokee in the family. Too many pluses. And uh, double the storage uh, space as far as uh, going places. And uh, uh, it, it would be fun to get some of those uh, detours. Um, uh, you know, like that uh, backbone and uh, tailbone. Or I guess technically uh, Matt just has the, uh, the tailbone right now. But, uh, I'm sorry, the backbone. Yeah, backbone and a tailbone kind of seem like the same thing to me. Anyway, the, the winch thing. Um, it'd be pre- pretty cool to get get a uh, get a tailbone at least to go on this one. But I can't talk about that too much because the uh, the wife will get a little nuts about the lift and all the rest of that stuff. She'll uh, she'll start freaking out on me. I gotta gotta slide it in there slowly. You guys know how it is. So anyway, I'll uh, I'll take some pictures tomorrow and let you guys know on the site. And uh, you folks that are uh, listening to the show that uh, haven't checked out uh, xjtalk.com, please do. We have all kinds of fun things that we discuss and uh, special YouTube videos that we find and we put up uh, called the Random YouTube uh, Video Thread, uh, Random Picture Thread. Uh, so there's uh, lots of things to look and talk about. Uh, current news. We even have a politics and religion section. Yes, we dare dare to go there. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll let you know ahead of time. A lot of the uh, a lot of the membership is uh, conservative. So, uh, but uh, we don't uh, berate or belittle uh, the liberal Democrats. Well, not a lot. I mean, I guess to a certain degree. But you know, it's it's good good natured ribbing, and uh, the conservatives get ribbed too because. Uh, it's for her pleasure. Anyway, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook uh, and uh, Twitter. And, uh, you know, every week, 8 p.m. Central, we're right here on Ustream and also available on iTunes. And you can catch uh, the podcast, uh, uh, the past podcasts, whether it be on later Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, at podcast.xjtalk.com and uh, I think we have like uh, 27 episodes now so uh, if you haven't heard the past ones get on there and listen we've got interviews with uh, lots of people great information that's been uh, doled out and uh, you know you might have a little fun get in here with our chat room and uh, interact with these folks that uh, all got here late today so guys till next week have a a very good uh, well short week
I just wanted to say XJ Talk is the best fucking site in the fucking world. And if you think you know of a better fucking site, fuck you. By the way, this is Big Jim 350. Bye. Bye.